Welcome to the podcast that inspires you to do more with your passion for cars by telling the stories of people I find inspiring and hopefully doing the same for you. Now, resistance is all around us and it's most challenging when it affects the things closest to us. That could be our relationships with someone, our jobs, education or even our health. And these areas are ones that I've been looking into to improve and to help my quality of life. Now, for some of us, it's more challenging than just picking and choosing how we spend that time, which may be taken up by a sudden trip to hospital or our bodies fighting against us and causing unwanted strain. But moments like this are where today's guests draw his strengths from. If you know what it's like to have your health and not take it for granted, this is what you should listen to. Uh, but a lot of it came from not having a lot of money. Mm. So not being able to pay garage prices and try and do it on your own and try and do it on the cheap. Yeah, I am my own worst enemy because I just, once I'm being told that something's made you ill or you need to be, I'm the opposite. I just want to prove everyone wrong at that point. There's a definite taboo to it. And I think that I'd never speak about it. My family, I bring it up, I bite their head off. You don't want to talk about your symptoms of diarrhea and passing blood and all. Who wants to listen to that? To raise awareness and potentially if it reaches one or two people and it helps them feel more comfortable about it, then cool. I feel like it's it's done the job. They didn't know how to deal with it because they knew that they wanted to ask questions, but they didn't know how to bring it up because I didn't want to bring it up. I didn't want to talk about it. I felt like it had controlled enough of my life. I was nearly in tears, seriously. Like, and it's, it takes a lot for me to like get that emotional over something. But don't get me wrong, it's nice when people try and do things for you. I'm just not used to it. Hey, I wanted to ask a massive favour of you. 80% of you who listen to the podcast regularly don't follow it. If I could ask you just to hit follow wherever you listen, I would really appreciate it. It's an excellent way for us to get bigger and better guests and the ability to grow the community beyond anything we could imagine. It also helps the podcast grow more than you could ever know. So thank you. This podcast is lucky enough to be sponsored by iliketorace.com, a brand new social network all about motorsport. And unlike other certain social medias, it's not toxic and it is just full of people that love motorsport and competition. I mean, I'm competitive by nature to the point where I've got a bit too aggressive in certain ways. I mean, just to think of the place I can now go to discuss McLaren and to discuss the ongoing drivers and who's going next. I was gutted when Daniel left, but I can't wait to see how they progress and get other people's opinions on I Like to Race. I'll be getting there, getting involved. So if you're like me and you love competition and you love motorsport, look to the show notes below. Now, back to the episode. I'd like to start this podcast off just sort of getting an understanding of who you were as a kid, your upbringing, what influenced you early on, just to understand who you are today and give the audience an idea of the journey people people could take with their passion. So what were the early influences for you and what would I need to know about you and your past to let me know who you are today? Um, to be honest with you, early days, I suppose, I wasn't one of these sort of kids that grew up just loving cars. Mm. Uh, I suppose as I was young, when I was younger, I didn't really have many interests. Really, I was I was sort of like trying to find my way and what I'm into. My parents weren't really big into cars. Uh, my dad was into motorbikes, um, but I went to like a couple of British touring car events and stuff like that, and they were cool. But I never thought, oh, this is the bug. This is you know, this is what I'm into. Um, until I got my first car, uh, and then I got my first car and. Yeah, the, the bug bit me then, and I was just pretty much obsessed. So I'm not, like, say, the typical kid that sort of, like, played with cars and did everything mm. with cars, because, because I weren't. It's, like, it's come later on, really. So, I mean, did you get your first car at sort of 17, 18? Was, was that when the when that started? Yeah. Even then, to be honest with you, I weren't that interested in cars, but then I saw a few of my friends had cars. Uh, this is going to make me sound really old now. I remember one of my friends having a Renault 19, um, and it had some yeah. like 17 inch wheels on it, uh, subs in the boot. And it was like, oh my God, look, look at this guy. And, and it sort of went from there. And I was like, right, okay, I need to pass my test now. And, um, so yeah, I literally did like, a, I don't know if you still do them now, um, a crash course where you do like a week's worth of lessons. Uh, and then you could ring up uh, and then ca- they like, ring up for cancellations and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, and I literally rang up for a cancellation and passed my driving test in a week. So oh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, that, that were like the fast track to it. Cause I was itching to do it once, once I set my mind to doing something, that's how I'm doing it. So that's yeah. It's, yeah, it's the eagerness if anything, cause I, I know I felt the same way as soon as I could get my provisional. 
So 15, 15 years, nine months, bang, it was there, yeah. it was ordered. So I mean, were cars more of a way of we're fitting in or and catching up, or but did you did you find a way that they resonated in different different sense? Um, I suppose like a lot of my friends sort of like they had like the the one point fours and the one point sixes and stuff like that. Uh and at the time I didn't have a lot of money. I was doing an apprenticeship. Um, so like every bit of money I got, I put it towards a car. And my first car was again, it's gonna make me sound old, but is a Vauxhall Nova. Uh, yeah. I was just that was the car that I wanted. Um, absolutely itching to get one. Um, my mum didn't want me to get one. She was like, "No, no, no, I don't." But out of all the cars, she tried to get me to get everything rather than a Vauxhall Nova. Uh, I wish I still had it now because it probably worth an absolute fortune. Like most cars, when you buy them, you don't really think much of it do you, until later down the line, and then they become like a classic or something. Um, but yeah, it would just. I had my mindset on one of them and that's what I wanted to get. And that was, it weren't going to stop me. And I think I paid £480 for it at the time. And then yeah. stupidly went and bought a set of £550 alloy wheels and put them on it. So the wheels were worth more than the car. So <coughs> yeah, that was sort of like my youth. Yeah. And have you always enjoyed the tinkering cars? And has that been something you've is kept with you since then? Again, I'd, I didn't really, it were only a one litre because um, that's all I could afford insurance wise. But again, I weren't mechanically minded. I, I weren't that sure on what I was doing. But as things went wrong with it, as they inevitably do, um, I just started messing with it. And like, if I get something wrong, so what? I'll, mm. Then I'll take it to a garage, but I'll I'll keep going. You know, I'll keep having a go. So, yeah, I think there were like numerous things that like a clutch went on it, a clutch cable. Um, yeah, I remember being outside my mum's just jack, jacked up on the front street. So I just changing what I could and, you know, yeah, just just having a go basically and so and where does this come from this sort of that you said mentioned earlier the stick with it and then self self-teaching is this where does that come from you've uh, always been like that since a kid or do you have one thing you couldn't live without a particular road track a cold start or maybe even a cold brew well this episode is kindly sponsored by carburetor coffee the company dedicated to making high quality and great tasting coffee after all you wouldn't put 91 octane in your prized possession so why settle when it comes to you if you are as addicted to cars as you are to coffee, this is the only coffee you should care about. Oh, and it tastes incredible. From bean to cup, you can enjoy it however you like. So if you are like me, and you can appreciate a great cup of coffee, head over to carburetorcoffee.co.uk and help yourself off to 15% using code IGNITION15 as a thank you. Uh, probably my stepdad. Uh, he, he was always very, like, he, he had like a degree in engineering, so he was very mechanically minded. So if I had, had a go at doing something, then he'd give me a lift doing it. Uh, sort of like he'd watch me do it wrong and then, and then sort of put it right and you know, show me how to do it right. Um, but a lot of it came from not having a lot of money. Mm. So not being able to pay garage prices and sort of, you know, just try and do it on your own and try and do it on the cheap sort of thing. And at the same time, you're learning, well, trying to learn something. So, yeah, as, as you do things, you tend to get a bit quicker at doing them, don't you? And, you know steady away you seem to get better and feel a bit more comfortable doing the bigger jobs so yeah and it's weird isn't it because i remember the first time i took apart the brakes and this thing that looking back seems really simple but it took me four hours to change four discs and i was like what is yeah. going on yeah and it, like you say yeah. you do you do learn yeah it's like the first time you do something you do half of the time it's learning how to do it and then as you go along it gets quicker every time you do it um, I think I remember changing on, yeah, on my Civic, uh, I decided to change the springs and stuff like that. And I think by the time I got to the third one, I was like, oh my God, I've had enough of this, like rolling around on the floor. So I ended up by borrowing, cheated really, borrowed my friend's ramp, <laughs> which made it so much quicker and so much easier. But I don't always have that luxury. Yeah. And, so, and when did it become, I guess, not more, more of a thing, but when did it, when did the passion sort of really start to, take place and when did it start to become an outlet for you um I'm, i suppose cars have always been an outlet but um since getting ill i suppose with a disease called ulcerative colitis um which is related to crohn's disease which a lot more people have heard of um i found that it sort of that was like a big part of my life that got me down and like your health, a lot of people take it for granted. But at the time, as things started to go wrong for me, cars were like the escape from it all. 
um, and sort of it let me switch off from the illness side of things mm. uh, and it, I don't know it just let me forget about that side of it for it's it's just like an escape that's the only way I can describe it um, even now like if, if I end up on track or something like that on a track day I just completely switch off because obviously I'm concentrating that hard that I, it just yeah you just switch off from it and you just forget so it's yeah it's an escape and I mean, I'd like to just sort of, for, for, just from my own sort of understanding. So, how does how does your illness work, and how how does it affect you from day to day? Um, it's pretty rubbish. Um, when it, when it's bad uh, and you're having a flare, um, you sort of it can be anything from it's it's not nice at all, and it's it's. I think I'd have never had this conversation in a million years because I couldn't have had it with my family at one stage. It's only like mm. recently that I've opened up about it, but your symptoms are sort of. Um, stomach pain, diarrhea, um, blood, um, passing blood, um, then which then obviously, as anyone knows, once they've had the runs or whatever else, you sort of become really fatigued. So chronic fatigue is another side of it. Um, you just it doesn't matter how much sleep you have, um, you just you'll still be tired. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the doctor recently described it as for a normal healthy person to understand it in terms of fatigue, they'd have to be awake for three days solid um just mm. to feel what i feel in a sense but i've never let it be one of these things where it's like oh poor me everybody you know feels sorry for i've never been like that i've yeah. always just if anything i've done too much i've been my way, own worst enemy um i'm always told to calm down by my reading nurses and take a break and yeah i am my own worst enemy because i just once i'm being told that something's made you ill or you need to be i'm the opposite i just want to prove everyone wrong at that point so yeah, I'm stubborn like that. No, oh, it's fantastic. It's it's brilliant. You're not learning just to find you, and it's it's, it's yeah. not it's not you. you it, you're part of yeah. Yeah, it's I won't lie. It's been difficult. I'd say sometimes the um, the mental side of it is worse than the sort of symptoms. Don't get me wrong, the symptoms are horrific, but mm. there are times when you're having a flare. Like my last time I was in hospital, um, probably just over a year ago. Um, I was in there for a month. Yeah. Uh, and I just I was sort of like laying there and it were all through COVID time so no one could visit and I just sort of laying there thinking is this like is this my life now is this how it's going to be uh, and then obviously that's how I, that's what I dreamt up what I do now with my civic and um, yeah it's sort of that's the positive I take from that anyway. No it's pretty let's look for the positives and so when did it become I don't know, when did it become a thing you were like, right, I need to sort of change the mindset, I need to change the way I look at it? Because again, I'm guessing you weren't always sort of Mr. No, Brightside about it. Yeah, no, definitely not. Like I say, only in the last year since starting sort of like my page on Instagram and things like that, I'd never speak about it. My family, I'd bring it up, I'd bite their head off. I, it was yeah. a typical guy sort of thing. It's like you don't you don't want to talk about your symptoms of diarrhea and passing blood. and all. Who wants to listen to that? It's, there's a... The, there's a definite taboo to it. And I think that I'm not saying all guys, but guys in general, they yeah. are pretty rubbish at talking about things sometimes. Uh, and as I've noticed with my page now, there's a lot more girls that seem to be comfortable talking about it. Uh, guys seem to, that, there's not, there are guys on there, don't get me wrong, but it seems to be more females that do it than the guys do. Um, which is absolutely fine. It's taken me a long time to talk about it. It's taken yeah. a long time for me to get comfortable about, but, I don't know. I suppose again, my stubborn side. It's my way of sort of potentially fighting back, and I don't know. I just, yeah, it's sort of putting my escape, but at the same time, trying to raise awareness and potentially, if it reaches one or two people and it helps them feel more comfortable about it, then cool. I feel like it's it's done the job. Yeah. So is is that what caused you to change? Because I know, I know personally from doing this and doing other things outside of the, the podcast that being vulnerable is the hardest part. Like for it yeah. to get out to get anything out of anyone. So what changed from you going and being angry and shouting at people to going, right, I can talk about it because it's going to help that that one or two people? To be honest with you, I think it was the hospital side of things. We've been in there for a month. It just mm. it gives you you don't have anything else to do other than think. So yeah, it was sort of like I don't know, like I like to say it, my way of fighting back in a sense and thinking, no, I don't want this to defend me, I don't want this to beat me. It's done enough of that. I mean, I've I got diagnosed at 18. I'm now 38. So yeah, it's 
like I say, in the last year, it's the only time I've really spoke about it. And I have been in some really dark places with it. Um, I won't lie. Like there are times when you just feel like, what is the point? And you feel like a prisoner in your own home, like when you're having a flare or you've, you could literally be one minute, you could be like 12 storm, mm. have a really bad flare and you can be like eight storm within the space of a month. It's, it can be that bad. Um, and then like literally, like I said, the last time I'm in hospital, the IBD nurses run me up and they were like, Craig, you, you're in a bad way. You need to come in. We can't force you, but all your test results are really bad. I'd lost a lot of weight at this point. Everyone at work was sort of like saying, oh my God, you've lost a lot. I had to completely change my wardrobe in a sense that none of my clothes fit me. They were all really baggy. Uh, and I was saying, yeah, but what about work? What about work? And they were like, just pack a bag for a couple of nights and you'll be all right. And then obviously they got me in there because they knew what I was like. Yeah. They got me in there and a month later, I was still there, but it were a means to an end. And I suppose that's, I think that's the big thing that changed it because when people found out I were in hospital, um, a lot of my car related friends were sort of like, we didn't even know you had this disease. You've hidden it from everybody or you've done your mm. best to hide it. So yeah, I think that was the, the big wake up call, I suppose, in a sense. Yeah. So I mean, is that, and I'm, I can only imagine that the relationships with your colleagues, with your friends, with your family, it's only got stronger. Yeah, I think, I don't think they know how to, they didn't know how to deal with it because they knew that they wanted to ask questions, but they didn't know how to bring it up because I didn't want to bring it up. I didn't want to talk about it. I felt like it had controlled enough of my life, but I didn't want to be talking about it. Um, so yeah, I think they feel more comfortable around me now. Uh, and obviously they've seen a change in me because I'll usually bring it up before they do. So mm. yeah, it's definitely helped. It's, it's always one of them though where I've always felt like, people have never really understood it. I mean, I know people mean well and they try to understand it, but until you've actually been in that position, I don't think you fully, truly understand it. Um, and again, that's where I sort of get, um, where I've started my page on Instagram and Facebook. It's speaking to people that have got it. It feels like you're not alone anymore. Mm. Um, so I feel like that's that's a huge part of me being comfortable about talking about it now. No, exactly. And I mean, and speaking about the page, for those that don't know, would you care to explain and just sort of give people an outline of, of what your your aims and what the purpose is of, of, of the uh, page? Yeah, so like I say, when I was in hospital, uh, I thought about doing something on Instagram. Um, and I had the idea of um, doing like a livery on my car. Mm. But I didn't, I didn't want to just do it. So it was just Crohn's and Colitis charities or RBD related charities. I wanted it so there were car companies on there or car brands. Um, so everyone could sort of relate to it. Um, and it wasn't just like, well, let's talk about colitis and all these other rubbish symptoms because I felt like no one would relate to that completely unless they had it. So I want to sort of try and bring the car world in and the IBD community, I suppose, in, in a way. Um, so I've sort of like had this idea of doing a livery and mixing it all up. I emailed a few people like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do this. And I think a lot of people thought, yeah, whatever. No one ever sees mm -hmm. this through. Um, and then obviously when I got out of hospital, um, I'd sent a lot of design, well, a lot of ideas to a company called Graphics. I had a meeting with them, spoke to them, told them what I wanted to do. And they were like, yeah, yeah, we're all on board with that. Uh, and then they did it and they like, they just blew me away with it, really, if I'm honest. Because mm -hmm. they sent me sort of like a render of how it looked. But then when you go and see it in person, I'm like, oh my God, this is actually happening. So, yeah, I started the page via doing something like that and just thought, yeah, if I, if I can reach 20 people that have what I have and make them feel comfortable with what I'm doing and maybe start a the car starts a conversation about, yeah. you know what I mean, and take it from there, really. And like I said, I thought if it reaches 20 people and I get 20 followers, I'm happy with that and I'm good. But it's far surpassed anything that I dreamt it would be. And... It's just, yeah, it's just been mega. It's been really good. No, it's brilliant. And it's weird about it with cars because, I mean, I sp I speak, I've spoken to multiple people that, that have their own different communities from, like, I spoke to uh, chaplains to to people like to like yourself with um, Daniel Truman, I think it is. That, um, that might be the one, the person that told me to speak to you. So there we go. Um, oh, but, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. So how did you even, I mean, it's 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 because I know this might seem simple to you, but to, to go and speak to car companies and brands and to email people with an idea, what is it about 
the idea that, that drove you forward and kept you going? Um, to be honest with you, a lot of people, like friends and family who I was speaking to at the time, when I had this idea, they were all for it, but they were sort of saying, oh, a lot of people saying, why don't you start a GoFundMe? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And all that. No, I don't want to do that. If I'm going to do this, I'm paying for it all myself. I'm not feeling like I've got the pressure of doing something for a certain company or, um, you know what I mean? Feeling like I have to promote it in a certain way. I just want this, like I said, I've paid for absolutely everything. I've not gotten anything for free. I've not, mm. you know, I've, like people have offered me things, don't get me wrong, but I'm like, no, I, I, it's just it's just my way of, I, I want my page to be authentic and so people can relate who I've got it and who I, or have just followed me because of the car, basically. Mm. Um, I don't want it to feel like I have to, promote something else or you know what I mean take that away from what I'm trying to do yeah. I don't want it I don't want it to come across like I've sold out in a sense um which I, I am I am my own biggest critic really in terms of trying to do every trying to do something right if you get what I mean um and I think a lot of people sometimes think oh he's got these brands on his car they've given him a lot of money and that's how he's afforded to do it and it's just it's not true oh i've literally if, if i'm going to track there i'm paying for everything it's you know what i mean don't get me wrong i'd love to be a professional racing driver and be sponsored big time and you know and and race these cars i mean that i'd, I'd love that to be the goal one day but um yeah at the moment with what i'm doing i feel like yeah i plan all my own money into it and, and i'm comfortable with that so um yeah if it manages to help somebody else again mission accomplished uh, yeah i don't disagree with keeping authentic craig but what but why not take money from companies that are willing to give it to you why not use it to grow the message even further i mean just sort of... yeah i know what you mean I've, again i don't i've never i've never gone down that road yet if you know what I, if you get what i'm saying um yeah if if it was in an authentic way i mean like again i'm speaking to someone at the moment regarding um doing like a a bit of a meet, uh, a bit of a car show, I shouldn't say meet, because I've had a lot of people reach out saying, oh, yeah, we'll do this meet, we'll do that meet. And I've, I'm nothing against it, but I don't want it to be one of these ones where someone starts doing a burnout in the corner or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want it to be a, a, a real show. I don't want any negativity to come in towards like the charities that are on the side of my car and things like that, because it means a lot to me now. So yeah, I want to do right by them. Um, but yeah, like you say, I mean, if, if somebody did come along and they were as passionate about it as I were then and I could put it to good use and I could do more I mean a lot of things that's a lot of things that do stop me now if I'm honest are the financial side of it um I'd be out on a track every week if I could um but then obviously I need to think about um obviously running the car getting it shows tires it, it all mounts up and anyone that does anything car related knows it's expensive so yeah if there was someone that came along and it were authentic and you wanted to work together then and it helped the cause then yeah I'd I'd be down for I'd be down for a discussion anyway. Yeah, and so what would that look like? Well, in terms of a discussion with companies, or yeah, I mean, so, so what have you what are you, are you looking for from from a company? I know you've said to keep it authentic and to be generally interested, but what does that look like to you? Um, I don't. To be honest with you, again, I've not really thought about it. I'd, I'd want, I'd definitely want somebody to be passionate about the cause, not just sort of. I mean, I've even reached out to some British touring car. Um, mm. themes and sort of said how much is it for branding on the side of the, and it's absolutely it's mega money don't get me wrong I knew that it would be but I'd love to get sort of some because I like to do uh, sticker designs and things like that so mm. it's sort of related so that it's not just somebody who's ill that would like one of these designs it'd be somebody who's into cars really um, so it's a bit of both uh, and yeah if I could get something like that where it were like out there then yeah i think that's my goal but again like i say i'd love to get into some form of motorsport absolutely that's the goal i'd love to do that one day and then obviously if i could do that then i could carry the message with me um so yeah i'd like to get there one day but who knows i know you have to be pretty young now to get into i know i'm not ancient but i know you have to be pretty young to get into motorsport now i mean there's there's people doing it in their 50s but they yeah, might not be competitive, but they've got their own car. But it's, I mean, I know people that, that are racing. And so let's talk about the car, Craig, because it, it is, to, to be fair, the face of... Oh, you are, but the, the car, I mean, I recognise it. It's, it's an EP3, isn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah, so and what have you done to it? And what was the idea what was the idea behind the design? Because it's it's quite it's quite outlandish, if I'm honest. Yeah. Saying. Um the idea behind the design was just to catch attention, basically. Um something that's loud enough. i I'm pretty loud in terms of when I do things to cars anyway. I have um yeah. I have another Civic, which is an FK2 Type R, uh, and it's got fluorescent yellow wheels on it. And I don't, I don't I'm not one of these that's like, well, I need to be accepted by the car community in terms of what I do with my car. I don't post anything online saying, what color shall I do this or anything? I just do it. Mm. So, yeah, the idea behind the car was just to get attention, really. Uh, I mean, sometimes I think the colors just attract people more than anything. And, they don't even read what's on the car but then there are other people that will literally walk up to me and say oh look, you know i've got rbd and that's really cool what you're doing and it's made me feel more comfortable about being out with my friends in cars and stuff like that so yeah the main goal was just to get attention but in the right way um yeah. it's it's mega when it's on a track there and stuff like that and you've got photographers and they do seem to make a beeline for taking pictures of it so yeah that's kind of the idea behind um you know just being out there but at the same time, I sort of turn up in a track there and it looks like a fully-fledged race car and it's like, then I feel sort of pressure to do well on a track there in terms of, oh, I can't bin it now. So, yeah. And, and when was was racing always the plan or was the car sort of just, just a, a dream, a goal, an idea? Yeah, I mean, I, I bought that car with no intentions of doing anything to it. When I bought it, I was like, I'm never going to modify it. I'm never going to do anything to it i'm happy with how it is mm. and then i took it on a track day and i was like oh my god this is addictive uh and then i changed a few bits and went on another one then i changed a few more bits and i went on another one then it's gone to a point where it's got a roll cage it's basically it's still on the road it, you still can drive it on the road but it's getting to a point now where i don't think that's going to last much longer but i do like the idea of having it on the road because driving it to car shows things like that um, yeah. I don't want to trailer it there. I do still like driving it, but obviously once you've driven it on track and you try and drive it on the road, it's it's a different ball game in terms of you want to drive the car quick, but you know full well you can't on the road. There's just no point to it. So yeah, I'm sort of the front interior is still kind of there, barring the roll cage, but it is getting to a stage now where I'm probably going to start just thinking, do you know what? I'd like to get into some sort of time attack at some point and maybe have a go at that. Um, like a really basic time attack i don't think i want to do anything like the civic cup anytime soon because hmm. i can't well i would if i could afford it but yeah, yeah. it's one of them where uh again it's just the financial side of it um, uh, yeah it is, my, my is. it is money yeah i've got a lot of friends who race the race in the stxr um st i think it's like a trophy cup type thing and then I'm literally going go-karting and win this weekend and I'm dreading it because they're all race car drivers. <laughs> and normally I'm quite confident at go-karting, but this time I'm really not. So yeah, they've all been really supportive as well. They're all like, they love the car and they've they even like put my um, stickers on their cars as well. So they've been really supportive of it. That's fantastic. And it, it must be great to have friends like that uh, that, that do want to help and do want to support it. Yeah, I mean, like again, the, the a few of them offered to help pay towards the livery and stuff like that. And I'm like, no, 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 it's all right. I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to do it myself. So, I, yeah, I, I suppose when people want to help out, I should let them help out sometimes. But I've always just been one of them people that just does everything off his own back. I've just That's just me. So, yeah. And does, I mean, does that hark back to, to Craig of Young uh, and not having the money? Yeah, probably. Probably. It's, it's one of them where someone... It's like when I went to pick up the car and stuff like that, I was just blown away because it was like they'd put the same effort in and yeah. they wanted it. They wanted to see my reaction and I were, I were nearly in tears, seriously. Like, and it's, it takes a lot for me to like get that emotional over something. But yeah, it's just, it's, don't get me wrong, it's nice when people try and do things for you. I'm just not used to it. So yeah, maybe that side of me needs to like lighten up a little bit and, you know, no, let people I, help out sometimes. I, I get it. I'm, I'm I'm exactly the same. It's, there's things that I that I will do myself, and if if it's not perfect or if it, if it's not the way I want it, I mean, yeah, I do get it. It's, it. it's hard to to relinquish control of certain things. Yeah, I mean, I th yeah, I th it's it's like I say, just because I've always paid for everything, everything myself, it's just the normal way of doing things. And like when people suggest and start to go for me, I'm like, no, I don't want to do that because I feel like that puts pressure on me to make it something 
you know what I mean? Whereas I'm doing it all myself and mm. I've no pressure. And if it all fails and nobody cares and, you know, then I've, I've not lost anything. I've just lost a bit of money and, you know, I don't, I don't have to put anything right. It's just, you know, that's, I'm just trying to do my own thing. Yeah. But you, but again, you've got, you've got the memories and you've got the experiences and, and that's, that's one thing that money does give, I guess. Well, that's it. I mean, that's part of what my page is on Instagram, really. I won't delete any posts because for me, it's nice to look back on in terms of the journey, um, not just the carb. All right, it's rubbish sometimes when I post something to do with hospital. But it's nice to see where I've come. From, where I've come. Yeah. So like when I was in hospital, I didn't feel like I'd ever go on track ever again and play on my car ever again. But then here I am. Uh, I'm due to do another track there soon. Um, so, and I've just been to a spot international. So it's all things that I probably wouldn't have done at certain times because I'd have been that ill. I'd have never dreamt. I went to Ireland to, I don't know if you know, Adam LZ, uh, yeah. went to yeah, LZ, yeah. LZ festival, um, at Mandela park in Ireland. And it was just, yeah, it was mega, but I'd have never done that being in a flare or, you know what I mean? So you've just got to make the most of the, well, I have, I've got to make the most of the time while I'm well. Because I could literally wake up tomorrow and I'd be in flare. So you can't control it. There's no warning. Um, it's just, it's, it's like kept at bay with drugs. So it's, there's no known cure for it. Um, so yeah, I've just, just got to make the most of my time while I'm well. Yeah. And, and guess, I'm guessing health is extremely important for you. And like you say, you took it for granted earlier, but is, is stuff like diet and exercises, are those things that help or is it? What do you do to sort of stay stay on in in better health than you were? Diets, diets not. It's mainly with Crohn's diseases. Diet. Um, I don't get me wrong. There's things with ulcerative colitis where I could eat certain foods, and you'll know straight away that it's going to ruin you. Mm. Um, like spicy foods, things like that, uh, which is a shame because I really like curry as well. <laughs> but you know what's going to you know what's going to happen if you do it. Um, exercise again yeah uh, I have quite a physical job anyway so it's I do try and get to the gym but again it's like I say with the fatigue side of things mm. um, it can be quite difficult sometimes so yeah less is more in a sense I'm a million miles an hour so if I go to the gym I'm trying to do everything where I shouldn't I should just do bits but again it's just learning about your body really learning what you can push and what you can't and this it sounds like it's a journey that's it's only going to get better. But I mean, if I was to ask you, Craig, and say the next five, 10 years are going to be the best five, 10 years of your life, everything's going to happen that you want it to happen. And, and it's only going to be the best for you and the page and all that. What would have to happen? And what do you see happening in those years? Um, Obviously the dream is to get something racing related. I'd that'd be the absolute goal. Um, I've always, since getting into cars, like I say, I've not been into cars since birth, but since getting into cars, I'd love to do something competitive because I am quite competitive. Um, even though I'm not going to get, like I mentioned about go-karting on <laughs> next Saturday, I'm going to get absolutely mullered, but there'll still be that competitive side of me that will give absolutely everything. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd love to do, even, even if I were in something to do with motorsport, where we're actually driving, just a job related to something that I'm so passionate about. Um, trust me, if, if I could get a job with someone in the BTC, BTCC and sort of, or any motorsport and just be making brews for people, mm. that'd be, I'd be happy with that. You know what I mean? Because then I think they'd see my work ethic and see how passionate I am about it. Um, so yeah, if, if I could get something more career focused on what I'm passionate about, then yeah, I think, that'd be it and still run my page and still use the car and I don't know even get another car and do you know what I mean if there's no limited if I won the lottery tomorrow there'd be loads of cars waiting on so uh, yeah there'd be a there'd be a fair old car collection yeah I think that's it isn't it you just once you once you start with cars there there is no end like there is there, there is there is a shopping list as long as my arm that if I could if I could have everything that I wanted that I think I'd need a decent sized warehouse I think to, to yeah. fill Jordan. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, the thing, isn't it? Where does it end? I think, I think look, just just thinking about MLZ, to think where he's come from, from being on bikes and stuff to to having his own like compound. I mean, it's, it's amazing yeah, stuff. That yeah, and he can literally just tear a car around where he lives, and yeah, and still do things like Formula Drift, and yeah, I mean, I'd like again. That's another 
thing that I'd like to get into, um, I'd love to get into drifting, but again, that's mega money. It's another expensive hobby. So, uh, I mean, I've, I speak to um, a couple of guys that are they were in the British Drift Championship, and I think they'll be doing the uh, Drift League this year. And mm. they've been really kind to rock, put my stickers on their cars. So, yeah, that's, again, that's just huge. If someone just reaching out and saying, you know, I'll stick one of these on my car, it's just brilliant. And I actually went to meet, meet um, a guy called Ben Mears, who were at Three Sisters Drifting. Uh, and it was just, it was nice just to turn up and say thank you. Thank you for the sticking that sticker. I know it's not a big deal to some people, but it's huge to me. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. And, and what can people do? I know it's not all about you, but it, but it is at the end of the day because it's, it's something that you're pushing and it's something that you're trying to make aware. So what can people do to help and what can people do to, to make, be more aware and to be more, I guess, empathetic to, to the situation? A lot of time, it's just someone else, some, it's little things like someone will share one of my posts on the story, story relating to the car. And then someone will come along like Ben Mears or whoever that's come along and said, Oh, I know someone with Crohn's disease, or I know someone with ulcerative mm. colitis. And then it's as simple as that, basically. And it builds a relationship. Or someone sees a sticker on the car and then they go looking on social media and they find it. It's just little things like that. And me going to, uh, I went to a show called Mims, um, which was, it's mainly Honda related. And I had people coming up to me saying, you know, I've, I've got this, I've got that. And they were really comfortable talking about it. But you, you sort of, you can see people who come up and they don't really want people to know, or they'll message mm. me on social media and they'll say, oh, what you're doing is amazing. And then you'll flip through the profile and they've written nothing to do with it. And I used to do the same thing. Um, but it's nice that they sort of reach out and it makes them feel, I suppose, comfortable in a way. Um, and purely, I think a lot of that is through cars. Yeah. So um, I think that the, the fact that they can relate that it's not just to do with illness and RBD and charities and stuff like that. It's, it's through car companies as well and uh, a company called Tegua who never thought they'd message me in a million years asking if they want if uh, they could support and share the cause and they've been mega um, and it's just little things like that that just get it out there and like I say reach reaching people um, so yeah I don't I don't know what's going to come from it I don't know whether it's like I say it's far surpassed what I thought it would uh in terms of people following it and messaging and yeah and i, I just i hope it continues really because it's obviously making people talk a little bit so i didn't i never really wanted to be the face of it but i suppose the car is the face of it but at the same time i understand that people want to know who is behind yeah. it sort of thing so it's 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 both worlds in it really it's one of those things where you're i guess not to sound too businessy but your personal brand is is sometimes more important than the brand you're... yeah yeah i mean like when i went to tegua they sort of like oh um are you right if we do like a youtube video and they're like marking me up and everything I'm like, oh my god what is going on and i i'm the worst i'm not i know my car's really bright and everything but i am the worst at being the center of attention mm. I, I just want to low-key just enjoy myself in the car and so but then as i've done more track days people have come up and you know i wanted to chat about things and that's that's absolutely fine i, I encourage that all day long it just the attention feels a little bit weird to me sometimes. So it's not that I'm being rude or anything. I mean, like I've always said that if someone comes up to me and I'm on a track date, pay for a wristband and I'll quite have to take you out in the car. That's, that's fine with me. Um, but yeah, it's just, I'm not used to, as you know, on social media, <clears throat> everyone knows the car. So it's, it's weird when the, the people sort of come up to you and go, they want to know who the person is behind the car. Yeah. So, yeah. It's like, oh, that's that guy off um, Instagram that has that car, but they don't actually know who you are. <laughs> <coughs> so, I mean, yeah. I've, I've, done, I've done the opposite way. I've, I think I've slapped my face and everything. So there is it's one of those things where my, my car is currently, if I enough, it's it's a stock, I think it's EK9. So like 2000, okay, yeah. 2000 2005, five door. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's nothing special, but I'm not, I guess I have, I've had, I've had cars where I've, I've upgraded them, modified them, but like I said, that the money isn't isn't there. Like I don't have the money to 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 do this thing that I love. And and don't get me wrong, I love modifying cars, but it's going to get to the point where if I want this this to grow, I'm going to need a car because let's be honest, yeah. I can't talk I can't talk about cars and not have something that is is different in its own right. But 
So going back to go back to you, Craig, but is being in, are you introverted naturally? Because it's something you're not used to is is being a people person, or are you a people person? It's just it's just weird that strangers come up to you now. I uh, I am a people person, but I'm not one of these people that has like millions and millions of friends. It's just I have very close friends. If you get what I mean. So uh, my son's very similar. Like he won't let me pick him up in the EP3 at school because he doesn't want everyone. Like everyone's like, oh my God, that's sick. I love it. And all this other stuff. But he just does not want that attention. So he's very similar to me in that respect. Um, so yeah, it's, it's weird that I have the loudest car and everything, but it's free. I, yeah, again, I suppose I am in that way that I feel weird when people want to speak to me. Quite happy to pull it up at a car show and leave it there. Let everyone mm. take pictures of the car. Um, so yeah, I am adapting to people coming up to me and wanting to know who I am and wanting to chat. And, uh, and it's not that I won't chat to anyone. I love that. I can talk about cars all day long. Um, it's like I say, it's just, it's foreign to me to be the center of attention. And I'm not one of these people that create like wants loads of attention. And, but I suppose with the car now, um, yeah, I've got to get sort of get used to people wanting to talk to me and stuff like that, which is again absolutely fine. If you see me out and about, come and chat to me. I mean, how did you? Shout, how did oh, that's you... that guy with the EP3. <laughs> <laughs> it's that, that that bright coloured EP3 that yeah. you can't, you cannot miss. But how did how did you change again? How did you if you if you were to give someone some advice about just how do you sort of get around the the awkward part? Um, what do you mean in terms of talking about my disease or just in general or I think in yeah in terms of people coming because obviously you said that you're happy to talk about anything but like in terms of becoming comfortable with it are there things that you've done to to make yourself more comfortable is there anything that you've done to sort of make it easier for yourself I think opening up about being ill has made things easier Um, because like I said I used to hide it a lot Mm. so I think just getting used to hiding that um, you sort of didn't want to speak to people about anything in terms. I don't know. It's, it's weird. Like you didn't want anything to come up in conversation that were related to being ill. So yeah. I think in a way that sort of, well, keep your mouth shut and then you don't have to say a lot about anything. Um, so definitely like I say, since starting my page, um, if, if there's any advice I can give to anyone that's ill or feeling down or anything, um, related to life in general the best thing to do is just talk about it and I know that sounds so cliche and it's easier said than done sometimes but I, I honestly do feel like I'm not alone anymore mm. in, and, I, and when I didn't talk about it I felt really alone uh, Not it, even with my family around me I, I didn't feel like they understood anything and yeah you, it's a dark place to be when you feel like you're on your own um, and it it's a scary place so yeah, that's my cheesy advice, I suppose. Just talk about things, um, don't bottle it all up, and yeah, just put it out there. And if somebody, again, if somebody thinks, oh, I don't like him because he's got this disease that gives him diarrhea and all this, they're not really your friends anyway. So yeah, if, if, if for me personally, if somebody doesn't understand it or doesn't want or thinks that thinks there's something wrong with you and they don't want to know you because of that reason. I don't need to know that person. So yeah, talk to the people that are interested in what you're doing or what you want to say. If they're not interested, then they're not for you. Yeah, fantastic. And Craig, I know we're coming towards the end here, but there are sort of questions I'd like to ask and I call, I'm calling them now the, the fast five. So it's five questions that hopefully we're just, just they, some of them are quite geeky. Some of them are a bit more a personal, but the first one is what is your ultimate three car garage? So no, no time limit. No money limit, no rarity limit, anything you want, what would you have? Uh, a Honda NSX, um, a Nissan Silvia, probably a 14 or a 15. I'd be quite happy with that. Uh, and third one, I'm not really like a supercar guy. Mm. So they don't be like old Japanese cars mainly. So I'm trying to think what a third one could be now. Oh my God. No, you throw me off for that one. <laughs> oh, no, I said, I'm going to think about it after this. I'll be like, oh, I'm glad I didn't say that. But I, I don't know. I've always toyed with the idea of having something that's like kind of a sleeper. So something that's looks so rubbish, but is just so mental. So what, maybe, would, you, what would you build? Maybe, maybe something crazy like a Honda 
jazz with a K20 engine with a turbocharger strapped to it and pushing 700 brake horse and it just looks like a standard on the jazz, yeah. So, yeah, maybe something like that. If you could pick any car to drive on any road or track, but you can only do it once, where would you go and what would you take? Uh, one of my goals, and it, again, this is going to sound like a typical car, car guy thing, would be the Nürburgring. But obviously, we're being ill, it's it's put me back, I suppose, quite a way, but I'd, that's still on the bucket list of things to do. And I'd probably love to take my own car on there. I know that sounds, again, like, oh, my God. But, yeah, I'd probably like to take my own car on there just because I feel like it's been on a journey with me. So, yeah, and I feel like it, I owe it in terms of what it's done for me. Well, that sounds really daft. It's probably still like a non-car person. That probably sounds crazy, but, yeah, I feel like I owe it something, really. No, it's amazing that you, but you've been on such a journey with this car that it, it would make sense that you you take it with you on this, yeah. this adventure. Yeah, I think yeah, and I just think again that'd be another memory. Like, look where it started, look where it's now. Who inspires you? What are your inspirations? Who are the the people, things, events? Like, what what inspires you as a person? Um, I think it does inspire me really. Uh, anyone that's made it really in motorsport and does it successfully and they seem like a really sort of down-to-earth easy-to-talk-to person um like yeah i've been to like, again been to a couple of british journey car uh, events at Alton park and things like that and it's amazing sometimes how much time the drivers do actually have for people and i just i think that's such a good thing because it's sort of like people aspire to be at that level and i, I yeah. sort of think that that'll you know it'll encourage them to be that way um, like Tom Ingram who's just literally won it he were at Autosport International where I've just been and he's, he's got time for everyone and it's if anything it's like his team behind him going come on we need to get going you know what I mean but he's, he's sort of like he wants to talk to his fans basically and he just yeah I'd like to be that way if if I ever got anywhere and did well yeah, fantastic and speaking about aspirations there are a lot of there are lots of modifications that people make to cars and a lot of modifications people aspire to get but that be a turbo kit or an intake, but but what for you is the most important modification you've made to your car or want to make to your car? Um, probably the really boring things like better brakes, um, a set of coilovers or springs, um, all things that you don't really see, but for me, they transform it in another way that's, you know, in, enjoying it more. Um, one of, probably one of the most expensive things is the remap on mine. Um, but it's just, it's transformed it. Uh, and it's all right, it's a Honda and they don't make a lot of power. And, but it's just, it's the drivability side of it that it's just transformed. So yeah, the really basic things were really, like, the boring brakes, um, suspension, uh, and then maybe an exhaust down the line. It's going to be noisy at the same time. Even though I'm trying to make mine quieter at the minute, it's because I don't want black flagging at any tracks. <coughs> yeah. No, it, it's some of those things, I, I mean, I look forward to, like I used to have a, r53 and getting getting a simple supercharger pulley was was the, the, the noise got better the car got faster and it's just it was everything you wanted for a mod but and craig the last, the last question is if you had any advice to give to someone that wants to pursue a passion or chase a dream or just start something what would that advice be just go for it don't don't overthink it because i've been one of these that overthinks things and thinks oh no one will like this there's no point doing this no one's going to be interested what's the point and you sort of taught you well i do anyway i sort of taught myself out of it so i think the best thing to do is just go for it just if it fails it fails like i've done in i've paid for everything myself and i've just gone for it i've not don't get me wrong i've not put myself in debt or anything but if you can afford to do something like that and you you know you you you're passionate about it people will see that you're passionate about it and they'll want to support you and they'll want to, you know, help you out. And yeah, and it'll drive you. As soon as, as, soon as people see that you're passionate about something, that, that's the biggest thing I take from it. A message from somebody is huge for me. And I'll be having a rubbish time. I'm thinking, oh my God, am I like, you know, am I actually helping anyone? And then someone will reach out a message and you'll just think, oh my God, you know, it's, that's, it makes you dare and it just pushes you that little bit more. No, fantastic. And Craig, well, it's, it's great to see that, you're doing something that's it's not just helping one or two people it's helping quite a lot of people and and thank you for your time here and it's been a pleasure to just to get to learn a bit more about you and the journey you have been on so thank you
No, thank you very much for reaching out and having me on. It's a big deal. Like, like I say, I don't always like to be the centre of attention, but if it helps the cause, then I'm all for it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it is a fantastic cause. So where, where can people find it? Um, I am on Instagram mainly, and it's uh, at Driven to Fight UK. I'm also on um, Facebook as Driven to Fight. Uh, and I always have a little bit messing around on TikTok, but I'm not really there. I don't really know what I'm doing on TikTok. So, yeah, it's mainly Instagram uh, where I'm, I'm usually on. As long as it's not pictures of cats or someone upside down, I think TikTok's pretty much whatever you want. So yeah, it seems to be getting that way, doesn't it? Anything seems to go on there. So yeah. I hope you enjoyed the episode, and along with all of you that share the podcast already, it's excellent to see that we're in the top ten percent of most shared podcasts over 2022, and that blows my mind to know that you are helping, however you can, to spread the podcast. And if it just helps one person to figure out what they want to do with their passion for cars, it's so worth it. So, if you wouldn't mind, share it with as many people as you possible, and anyone that you know that loves cars. Craig and his work with Driven to Fight have impacted thousands of people's lives, whether they suffer from IBD, colitis, or any disease affecting their health. And what Craig has done so far is doing, and is spreading, that message, that you can fight whatever you're going through, and by no means do you have to take it lying down. It is fantastic, So please help Craig spread this message and send this podcast to a friend, a family member or a co-worker that you've been thinking about this week just to let them know it is okay to not always feel 100% and that you're there for them. And so with that being said, I'm Harry and this is the Ignition Podcast. Thank you for listening. This podcast is lucky enough to be sponsored by ilike2race.com, a brand new social network all about motorsport. And unlike other certain social medias, it's not toxic and it is just full of people that love motorsport and competition. I mean, I'm competitive by nature to the point where I've got a bit too aggressive in certain ways. I mean, just to think of the place I can now go to discuss McLaren and to discuss the ongoing drivers and who's going next. I was gutted when Daniel left, but I can't wait to see how they progress and get other people's opinions on I Like to Race. I'll be getting there, getting involved. So if you're like me and you love competition and you love motorsport, look to the show notes below. Now, back to the episode.